This is a question from Justin who asks a really sharp one. Pastor John, we are told Jesus was tempted and that he can sympathize with our temptations as a result. But doesn't it seem like the point of commonality between my temptations and Jesus's temptations is external? That is, the devil offered him the kingdoms. Someone could walk up to me and offer me stolen money. Both of these are external temptations, even if they don't personally draw us into evil. But with a Christian, temptations seem deeper on account of indwelling sin, which, of course, Jesus never had. So can Jesus really identify with me when he doesn't know the experience of indwelling sin, raging war against the Spirit? Aren't our temptations more powerful than those faced by Christ on earth? Wow. Oh my, is that a good question? That is a good and hard question. So here, here I'm going to give the answer, the answer I, as I see it anyway, in a sentence, and then I'm going to dig in and try to explain where it came from. Um, Jesus identifies with us to the greatest degree possible that is good for us. If he went beyond that, he would not be helpful or loving. If Jesus identified with you or me by sharing in my indwelling sin, he would cease to be a great high priest. He would be like me (laughs) and you and other high priests who had to offer sacrifices for their own sins and for the sins of others, and he cannot save. He would have to cease being a savior if he shared in my indwelling sin. If he joined me in my sinfulness, the only good he would be good for me would be to feel with me, arm around me, guilty as I am, sad, and both of us fall into hell together. That's not good news, even if it sounds good to start with that, oh, it would be nice to have somebody who could be a sinner with us and thus identify with our sin as a sinner. If Jesus joins me in my sin, he could sympathize as a sharer of indwelling sin, and he would not be God, he would not be a high priest, and he would not be a savior. So uh, he does not identify with indwelling sin, and he does not identify with the deeds of sin. He never did one, and he never had any indwelling sin. And that's why we need to go to the text and see what it actually says. Hebrews 4.15, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect was tempted as we are yet without sin. Now those last two words, without sin, are addressed directly to Justin's question. Without sin means no, he does not and cannot join us in our indwelling sin. So anything he said in that verse can't be taken to mean that he does, which means that we should not absolutize the word every and the word as when it says who in every respect has been tempted as we are. Behind that phrase, every respect, which is I think what he's stumbling over, I mean, is it every? Is the is the Greek phrase katapanta, according to all things or according to everything, 
that occurs one other time in Hebrews, interestingly. Chapter 2, verse 17, where it says this, He had to be made like his brothers, katapanta, in every respect, so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God to make propitiation for the sins of the people. In other words, that every in every respect cannot mean sinfulness because Hebrews 7.27 says he had no need like those high priests to offer sacrifices daily first for his own sins because he didn't have any. And so even chapter 2 verse 17 tells us don't go there. You know, don't, don't take every to mean that because it can't mean that in these two verses. So in every respect means Jesus identifies with us to the greatest degree possible and in every way possible that is good for us. In fact, I think I could show, uh, I'll go ahead and do it, try it. I, I could show this is what Hebrews 4.15 actually means if we knew the Greek. And there are half a dozen people listening to this who do know Greek. So get out your text and see if I'm right on this. He was tempted, katapanta, according to all things. And then here's another kata, kata or kath, the pronunciation doesn't matter here, kath homoiotetata chorus homartius. So literally it's tempted according to all the ways that accord with the likeness. All the ways that accord with the likeness. All the ways that accord with the likeness. And that likeness there is likeness to us only without sin, just like Romans 8, 3, where the Son came in the likeness of sinful flesh. Same word. He's flesh, but he's flesh minus sin. Same thing here. So it's he he was tempted in all the ways that accord with the likeness, and the likeness excludes sin, so the all the ways excludes sin. Very complicated, but I think valid. So here's my final response to the question. Should we say to Jesus, when we experience the inner warfare of the flesh versus the spirit that he didn't, should we say to Jesus, you don't know what I'm going through? That's Justin's question. You don't know what I'm going through. No, we should not say that to Jesus because Jesus could say this, given what I know of being in the flesh and given what I know of being the Spirit and having the Spirit and being one with the Spirit. And given what I know of bearing all the sins of the world, even your battle in my body, on the tree, and given what I know of seeing into the heart of every saint who's every battled in, in, in every day this world has existed, and given what I know of temptation and spiritual warfare on Monday, Thursday, and, and Friday morning, I do know what you're going through. I know it in the very best way a Savior can know it. And so because I know your battle the way I know it, I can save you from it. And if I knew it any other way, there'd be no Savior. Wow. Thank you for laying all this out for us from the text, Pastor John. And thank you, Justin, for the exceptional question. We need your exceptional questions. And if you have one, please email it to us at askpastorjohn at desiringgod.org. 
Well, we return next week and we will be welcoming to the podcast a special guest, a young man who has incredibly well-developed pastoral insight. I love learning from him. He's only 27 years old. His name is William Lee Bearfield III, but he's much better known by his stage name, Trip Lee. Trip Lee will join us to talk about his own story of suffering, and we'll talk about fame, we'll talk about technology, we'll talk about pursuing joy in Christ, and even enduring persecution from the world, and a host of issues. I hope you will join us all next week, all beginning on Monday on the Ask Pastor John podcast with guest Trip Lee. I'm your host, Tony Ranke. Enjoy the weekend.